0: Welcome to the Ultimate Insurance Agency Podcast. Planet of the Agents. Planet of the Agents where we give you the real scoop on being an insurance agent and running an agency. This show is all about helping you focus on earning more money as an agent and building your own insurance empire. Empire. Here's your industry-leading host who has generated tens of thousands of insurance leads. This is Dave Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Planet of the Agents, the ultimate insurance agents podcast. I want to thank you once again for joining me on today's episode. As always, we have a lot to discuss today, so i really like to jump right into it. Now, don't forget, you can always send me your ideas, your comments, and suggestions directly to me at dave at planetoftheagents.com. I love to get your emails, so please keep them coming. Now, as you know, I get quite a few ideas for the show simply by talking to other agents and asking them what's going on in their lives and in their business and kind of just seeing how things are going. Ideally, I like to talk to them about what's new and exciting, and I love to hear positive news, but I also like to hear about things that they're struggling with because that's an opportunity to share some of my experience as to how I may have dealt with certain items. Now this week, I went out of my way to really ask agents what they're doing. And the way I like to word it is pretty much how I would talk to any friend. I would say something like, what are you doing this week? And I was kind of surprised when I started to really analyze and pay attention to the answers that I was getting. Obviously, it's a common question to ask someone that you're talking to, hey, what's up? Or hey, what's new? Or what are you up to? But this time, I really wanted to pay attention to the responses that I was getting to see if people were actually doing something specific. And by specific, I don't mean literally the exact task that they were doing and what type of customer they were were talking about or what type of insurance they're working on. But rather, do they have a specific category of tasks that they're working on? I think it'll be a little clearer as I continue to explain. So I started my conversations with the usual question. What are you up to this week? And a little bit of what are you doing this week? And I noticed the responses were all kind of similar. They were things like, oh, I'm doing a little bit of everything. Oh, I'm doing some of this and some of that. Oh, I'm doing you know, that thing that I have to finish up from the past, whatever it was, or some sort of mishmash of answers that were really nondescript and kind of vague. So I thought, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not phrasing the question correctly. So I decided to be more specific. Now, fortunately, because I feel like I talk to a lot of people each week, particularly who work in insurance, obviously, it gives me an opportunity to keep practicing the question. So the next time I talked to someone, I said, so what are you looking to achieve this week? And shockingly, I still got the same answers. I would get answers like, you know, the usual, or my favorite, I've got a bunch of random things to do, or another one that I can understand but still didn't give me a good answer, a lot of little tasks. In fact, those were the three most common answers that I got. I got them so many times that when I wrote them down on a piece of paper and put little check marks next to them, it was quite surprising. Pretty much everyone said they had to attend to a bunch of little tasks, a bunch of random things, and the usual, which probably actually included a bunch of little tasks and random things. So I was a little perplexed and actually a little disappointed because I made my question more specific. So the next time I asked someone who I've known for a little while, hey, can you tell me literally and specifically what you need to get done this week, what you're looking to achieve this week and finish or do? And would you believe this person told me the same thing, the usual? Then he said something like, you know, I've just got so many little things I've got to do and I've got to wrap up some stuff and handle a few things, I think his answers were so vague. And then I said to him, can you tell me specifically what you're trying to do this week? He's like, he said something to the effect again of, well, you know, I've, I, whatever comes up, I just have to handle whatever comes up and, you know, then I'll be done and Friday will be here. And you know, man, the weekend starts on Thursday. I haven't heard that expression. The weekend starts on Thursday for some time now, seeing if I'm not 19 anymore, but I got what he was saying. I understood. So I wrapped up the conversation by saying, did you have any goals you needed to hit this week? And he said, no, no one's really pressuring me for anything. I think that when people talk about goals, they think that it's something that's assigned to you or that someone is pressuring you to complete something on time. Kind of like being given homework in school. Now look, I understand some people kind of including myself, do our best work under pressure. When you have a deadline, it does help you. If you have some kind of meeting coming and you might need to prepare something, as the meeting gets closer, you might be more likely to start making sure everything is ready and everything is prepared. But none of these things were what I was really looking for. I was actually just trying to figure out if anyone had any specific goals And the more I talked to people, the more I realized that they did not have any specific goals. So I thought I would try one more time. And I said to somebody something like, let me tell you the three specific goals that I have for this week. Can you tell me if it's the same thing that you're working on? I didn't let them first know that I was working on the podcast episode, but I did tell them I wanted to see if I'm kind of working on the same things right now that everyone else is are my goals in line with other people's or are my goals just so far out there that they're not logical I'm always working to personally improve myself my business and along with that comes my efficiency and the manner in which I complete tasks and the way that I set my goals and how I achieve them so then I was very specific Someone was actually a little bit shocked when I said this. They said, why are are you telling me you have specific goals? What are you talking about? I said, well, let me tell you, and then tell me if this is how you do things. And so let's go over those. I said, I have three specific goals this week. Number one, I want to connect with 10 new agencies to see if we can work together. Obviously, keep in mind that my goal is to work with agents. Your goal may be to work with customers in a specific industry or a specific type of customer. So again, I said, number one, I want to connect with 10 agencies this week to see if we can work together. Number two, I want to complete all of the renewals this week that need to be processed in the next 45 days. And number three, I want to produce three new pieces of marketing content and set them up for distribution. In this case, I meant something like marketing via writing some articles and uh, actually preparing some emails uh, to send out to people on the mailing list. So I said to the person, is that something that you are doing? What are you working on? What's your goal for the week? And they said, I don't have anything like that, Dave. So I said, "Okay, maybe you're just uh, in a different situation or something like that. So I talked to another person. I went through the same speech. I said, I have a question for you real quick. Um, What what are you working on this week? Let me tell you my goals. And here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure out if with all the changes in the world right now and the extra marketing independent uh, people in the insurance industry need to do, am I on the right track? So I went through my list of goals again. And this person said, I've never even heard anything like that before. I just do whatever I'm going to do each week. And that's when I really decided I needed to make this episode. I believe that in business, like in many things, you need goals. And I mean you need specific goals. Think about this. If you want to lose weight, don't you set a goal for yourself? And you might have two types of goals, the near-term goal and the bigger-picture goal. For example, you might say, I want to lose three pounds a week until I ultimately lose 30 pounds. And from there, you work your way down on the outline and you say, okay, well, to lose three pounds, maybe I shouldn't eat a box of Oreos this week, which I personally happen to love Oreos, so I bring that up. Or you might say something like, I need to exercise four times to get to a certain point where I can lose this weight so I can get to my bigger picture goal. If you're the kind of person that's involved in some kind of sport, then you might say, well, I need to practice my jump shot 55 times, or I need to practice kicking a field goal 100 times so that I can really perfect it. You have a goal, and you have a number, and you can qualify it. You can give yourself a specific answer. So why not do that in business? I do it even in small things in life. I've been trying this thing where you grow indoor herbs. It's uh, called an a indoor garden. It's for people who don't have a lot of sunlight uh, during certain seasons, which is winter, obviously. And I wanted to try to grow some basil and things. And I looked at the chart and it said, well, you'll need to plant these items in your indoor garden uh, 14 weeks before you want them to sprout. And it will take eight weeks for them to grow after that, and then you'll need an additional XYZ number of weeks, plus a certain amount of water and plant food. Well, this little garden gave me very specific uh, instructions to achieve the goal of growing some basil. And guess what? It worked. I grew several basil plants, and a certain area of my house smelled like basil. It worked, exactly what they said. My goal was to grow the basil, and these people laid the plan out for me. So again, I keep thinking to myself, why doesn't everyone use this in business? So let's talk about that right now. I think that you need at least two types of goals. Before I get into the types of goals, I want to take a second and talk about something else real quickly. This isn't so much a commercial, obviously, because I'm not at that level yet, but one thing I'm thinking when I talk about other services and things you can use in your insurance agency business is making sure that we're focused on things that are relevant to the business and relevant to the industry. Recently, someone had brought up to me once again that property and casualty agents are missing out on life insurance opportunities. The cross selling potential is simply huge. And that's why. This week, I added a new link to the agency resources section of planetoftheagents.com, which you can access for free. And what it is, is a link to a company that makes it easy for PNC agents to get involved with life insurance. I know many of you from speaking to you actually have life insurance licenses, but you don't have time to focus on two things. It makes sense. This company has a service where you can do one of two things. It's so easy. You can send a life quote to your customer, and then they can just buy it online, or you can send them a link where they can create their own quote and move forward from there. Just think about this for one second. If you sell a homeowner's policy to a first-time homebuyer, is that not one of the best times to talk about life insurance? Well, you might not have time to talk about life insurance, and even the people in your office that work on life insurance might be too busy with their other customers. So why not simultaneously put in their information for a life insurance quote and just send it to them so they have an opportunity to think about it and see if it's something that they need in their life. It's a great way to potentially increase your income and your commissions and revenues, and it also creates a deeper relationship with your customer because you'll now have a multi-line customer, which I know is the goal for so many people. The more policies you have, they say, with one single customer, the more likely they are to stay with you. All right, now let's get back into the good stuff. Okay, so let's talk about these goals. I like to sort goals into two types of goals, your macro goals and your micro goals. Your macro goals are going to be your big picture goals and You're going to set those up based on a few different factors, one of which may be, for example, where you are in the stages of your agency. Let's look at a few examples of macro goals. A macro goal could be a long-term goal that you set for even 10 years out. That goal could be something like setting up your agency to be a sellable agency. Now, when you want to sell your agency, and you spend a lot of time planning for it and building it up the correct way so that it becomes desirable to purchasers. That's going to take a lot more work than simply selling a little bit of this and doing a little bit of that. You'll need to create quite a few things, such as uh, certain types of infrastructure and client bases to make that happen. Another macro goal may be to shift your agency from being dependent on walk-in business to being focused more on a business that can work from home where you can have what's called a distributed team. So for example, with everything going on right now, more people than ever are working from home. And I've talked to a few agents that asked me how they could change their whole business and cut down on things like rent, which is expensive in some areas and some areas is not, so it can be a bigger factor for some people than others and how they can change the way that their team works and communicates. And listen, even if you just have two people, that's still a team. Um, If you have more people, say four to ten people at your office, you might need to make some bigger commitments to change the setup of your business. Also, if you're looking at this macro, uh, big-picture move to switch to an agency that can have all work-from-home opportunities, you'll need to potentially change the way you get your clients. For those people who depend on walk-in business, it's going to be a big change to try to get new clients. So there are a lot of little steps that you'll need to take to get to that. Those are the other goals we're going to talk about. So those are some examples of big picture goals. I like to think that you could actually have an additional goal in life, which I just like to call the moonshot goal. Let me give you an example of that, which is sometimes what I hear people talk about when I say macro goals. They'll say something like, I want to make 25 million dollars I get it I understand that sounds great think of what you could do think of how you could help so many people by having so much free time because you're basically wealthy and don't need to work anymore I think that's a great goal it's going to take a little bit of a hierarchy uh, to work your way up to that if you're starting from the ground level so I'd like to get to that too that'd be great But I'm going to put that outside of the macro goal. I'm going to call that the moonshot goal. And it's out there. And listen, I don't want to discourage you. You can do that too, okay? There is so much opportunity out there. Don't doubt yourself. And don't let what's going on in the world even deter you from a goal like that. You can do that. If your moonshot goal is to buy houses for all of your family and take care of everyone who's close to you, that is wonderful. And there's a great opportunity to do that but you might need to start at a little bit lower level and analyzing your goals. And I don't mean lower in the sense of uh, less important. I just mean you might need to work your, f- funnel your way up to that. So those first few were examples of the macro goals we were discussing. Now let's get into some micro goals. These are the ones that really affect your day to day. Now, now might be a great time to write a few things down or just keep in mind that I'll have some of this on the website uh, for anyone who joins. And the uh, membership, once again, at planetoftheagents.com is free, so you can join. There is an optional uh, package to purchase if you'd like, but I put a lot of information on there for free just because I want to help everybody. So let's say you have this, this big picture goal where you say, I want to sell my agency in 10 years. Or let's look at a simpler one for the podcast. A very common thing I hear is, I want to get access and get appointments with new carriers. I get it. You want to have more markets. I almost feel like everybody wants that. Even though some people would say it's not necessary, it can make a difference in your business. So you have to ask yourself, what is it going to take to get these markets, to get new carriers? That's where you have to work on your micro goals or your near-term goals, if you prefer that expression. What I like to do is I like to write my big picture goal, and then I like to make a hierarchy or a tree, if you will, which I do simply by making a bullet point, and then underneath that, I will put uh, sub points. If you're using Word or some other similar program, you could just hit the tab button after the first bullet point, and it will indent. So in this example, I was saying that you might want to get new carriers. So let's say, hypothetically, you approach a carrier, and they say, well, we only do business with people who have 1,000 policies on the books in this class of business, or let's just say personal auto to make it easy. And you have to have at least $1 million of premium. I actually hear that something like that all the time. Um, sometimes the numbers are bigger, and that's just the reality of where the world is. But okay, so where are you right now? You might have. 100 customers. And you might only have $300,000 of personal auto. Sure, you might have $40 million of something else, but you want a carrier that has a specific requirement. OK, there's your goal. Here's your macro big picture goal. I want to get XYZ carrier. OK, now let's make the near-term goals. What do I need? OK, you need a $1 million in premium, we said, for this example. And you need 500 personal auto policies. Okay, so now you'll put that on your list. That's what I need to do. Now let's add a new bullet point and indent again, if you will, or make a a subcategory. What is it going to take to hit this goal? So for example, if you were writing out a list about your premium, you might have to say, well, the average auto policy is worth about $1,000, which means I'll need 1,000 policies because clearly 1,000 thousands is a million. Alright, so now let's go from there. So now you've established you'll need a thousand policies at a thousand dollars a piece and that will certainly exceed the requirement that we just discussed of getting five hundred dollar I'm sorry, five hundred policies and then from there you'll have the required amount of premium. So now we need to make another goal. Let's start weekly. Actually let's start monthly. I like to start monthly. I'll say to myself, okay This month, I will need to do the following things. I will need to come up with some sort of marketing plan, or even better, a cross-selling plan to my current customers. One thing that's great if you are in the commercial side is that you are able to cross-sell personal lines much easier than a personal lines agent who is trying to cross-sell commercial lines. On a quick side note, why is that? Well, that's because not everybody owns a business, and not everybody is involved in purchasing a uh, commercial policy but a commercial customer likely has a home or an apartment that they rent or a car. So me, the first thing I would do, I would say, let's contact all of our commercial line's customers and reach out to them and see if we can write their personal business. So there's another bullet point on your goal list. Now, you could say this month, I'm going to need to contact, say, 400 people. Now, if you think contacting 400 people in a month is a lot, I have to say, it is not. it's it's really not because a lot of people you might not answer the phone they might never get your email thanks to all the filtering that goes on you might not have any sort of text messaging system in place the communications of the modern era are quite difficult so you might actually need to reach out to 4,000 people before you'll even get 400 to buy from you so on our goal chart we've got our big picture goal again which is to get your million dollars in premium and thousand policies and you've got your uh, smaller goals your near-term goals you've got your monthly goal you want to reach out to 400 people let's make a goal for the week now so that means this week I must execute the following tasks I must call a certain number of people per day send a certain number of emails per day and if you have a staff you can distribute those things onto their task lists if you're the owner or the head of a sales team or something similar a certain similar role at your agency you might be distributing these tasks and you'll need to make these goals for the other people. I actually love that. I love helping people with their goals. I found that a lot of people tell me they they just don't really know what to do at a certain time of the day. They're not sure how much of anything they have to do. They kind of just do whatever comes into their inbox. They're just fluttering around. They don't have a specific system or goal to achieve daily. And when I started creating goals for myself, and uh, at a time for other people as well, I found that things were so much more efficient, it's amazing. So this is where you are. You've got your big picture goal, you're going to need your monthly goals, and your weekly goals to hit it. Obviously the week is easily divided into five business days. Uh, some of you are real hustlers out there and working seven days a week. And i remember doing that for many many years 10 plus hours seven days a week and that is often what it takes to build your business and you just have to find what works for you in the timeline so getting a little off topic here but i'd like to share these ideas with you so on the daily goals you've got to have daily goals too to achieve this this big picture uh, thing you're shooting for So on the daily level now that you've established you've got to call a certain number of people a week you've got to reach out to a certain number of customers obviously you can just break that into days and work it from there do you need to make it hour by hour that's a little extreme for me but i mean if you work at a big company they use metrics like that and measure things in that way but once you start measuring your your results and the progress of your activities, and how you're working with these goals, it's really going to change your life. If you've never done anything like this, it is incredibly eye-opening. I cannot tell you how eye-opening this is. Let's give another example here. Pretend you have never made a goal sheet or even a daily routine sheet or weekly procedure sheet. You have nothing to measure anything against. So at the end of the week, when I would ask some of my uh, friends, so what'd you do this week? Uh, so I sold a few policies, and I say, "Well, how many?" And they said, well, "Um, I think I sold uh, ten or twelve or fifteen, something like that." I said, "And then I say, so, so you don't know how many you sold? Well, how much premium did you write? How how much commission did you earn? Did is that is that good? Is is fifteen a good week? I'm like, hey, how what what does it mean to you?" And they just kind of just pause on the phone, or if we're in person, they stare at me blankly, and. I find this shocking. I have to tell you, I find this very shocking. Imagine if you knew that to succeed and to achieve whatever it is you want, you knew that you had to sell, for example, 20 policies a week, and maybe you had to renew 10 policies a week. So that gives you 30, right? So now, what if on Friday or Saturday or whenever you want to do it, you could look back on the week and say, well, I was supposed to sell 30, In total but I only sold 15 so then you have something to measure maybe you find out 15 is what you need to sell to thrive and stay in business and maybe you'll find out you really need to sell 40 or 50 or you need to change the way you're doing business or you might find out well I sold 30 policies give yourself a little star and then you might look at them and say uh oh I sold 30 policies that only have a premium of $75. I'm probably not going to be able to eat this month. You might realize you need to fine tune it. It might be something like a premium change. Maybe you want to set a premium goal per week, per person at your office, a renewal goal. You might want to have something you measure for your customer service people as to how many phone calls they take, how many emails they send, how many cross-sell opportunities they have how many they create and how many they close. I remember this time when someone was working with me and he said, I don't understand why you want to measure all these things. As long as someone gets their work done, can't they just go home? Can't they just leave early? And I had to explain to him that the goals that that person had in customer service, for example, were different than his goals. His goals were sales goals. But then he was thinking, well, if I sell enough, I should just be able to leave at 11 a.m. if I want to. But what he didn't realize is there are multiple metrics, meaning factors that you can study and that you can qualify and are quantitative that you can actually measure. And when you do this, you find out, well, it's not just about how much you sell, it's about how many opportunities did you have How many opportunities did you close? How many did you connect with? Let me give you another example. This person would say to me, well, XYZ person or ABC person sold 10 policies. Isn't that a good job? And I'd say, well, they received 200 leads. So is 10 out of 200 good? Did they contact all 200 did they respond what did they do and i could create a spreadsheet and then show a chart and when i showed the chart or the the diagram that was generated by the spreadsheet you would see that that person had received almost 200 leads in eight days but they only closed 10 policies and on top of that out of the 200 that they received They only communicated or even attempted to communicate with only 50 of the people. So 150 leads were essentially thrown in the trash. Whether you buy leads or you use organic search or paid advertisements or whatever you do, you know that there's a value to each lead and potential new customer that you have. When you put those numbers in front of someone, it is shocking. It is eye-opening you have to measure your business just like a large company. I know that most of us are not large companies. I recently started referring to myself as a boutique business from time to time because another person said, oh, you're really a boutique business. I thought that was a really great name. But here's the thing. You're not a large company. You probably don't make a billion dollars a year, whether that's gross or net. I'm impressed if you do do that. But You have to act like a real business. You have to implement things on a smaller scale. Just think of a bakery. A huge multinational baking company might make, let's say, five million cupcakes a week, and then they package them and sell them. Well, just scale down. If you're a small local baker, and you don't have the expenses of the big company, you might still need to produce 500 cupcakes a week right? You still have to have the same protocols, the same analysis of your finances, and in their case, many of the same health requirements. It's the same thing in this industry. Even if you run a small agency, you must figure out how to measure what you're achieving, what's going wrong, what you can improve, and where you're going to go with this in the future. Do you need to make changes? Ask yourself all of these questions. So let's look at today's takeaways from the episode. Number one, I like to use two sets of goals. Remember, we've got the macro goals, your big picture ones, and the micro goals, your nearer term ones. Then I like to break down the path to achieve success or to hit that goal line into weekly tasks and daily tasks. I did reference monthly as well. It just depends on what you're working on. The next takeaway is that you need to have measurable numbers. There are so many things you could measure, and once you do this, it's really going to have an effect on how you look at things. So you need to create measurable goals, not just for yourself, but also for your team members or your employees or your staff, whatever you call the people at your business. You'll need to have something that can be measured, where you can analyze it over the near term and the longer term. It might open your eyes to other things I haven't even discussed. Perhaps you'll find out that someone in your office ended up taking 30 customer service phone calls when they were supposed to make 75 sales calls. Okay, did that person convert those customer service calls with cross-sell opportunities, or did they convert them into all new clients? Maybe that person is better suited in that role. These are things that you'll have to be able to measure. It also helps you to make your business more sellable in the future. Let's say, for example, uh, 10 years from now, you want to sell your agency. And let's say you want to sell your agency five years from now. Well, when someone comes to you and discusses things with you, you can't just arbitrarily say something. They're going to want numbers that you can explain clearly and that you can justify. So this is really important. Also, you know what the overriding thing is here? You need systems in place. This is just one of the many systems. And by systems, I'm not just talking about technology. You need SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures. You need metrics. Metrics is such a trendy word. I used to call it data that you could analyze, but I guess we'll call it metrics. Everybody's looking at the metrics you do know that big companies measure the amount of seconds someone spends on the phone a huge company could probably tell you the amount of minutes or seconds a representative spends on the phone how much they sell how much each minute of their time is worth how much they compensate them for each minute of their time and then how much they profit off of each minute of their time and they can break it down even more impressively you know all those big internet companies out there you know the ones that some people call insurtechs and fintechs and other trendy new hybrid words we're creating, guess what they can do? They can measure things with tons of analytics. I'm not just talking about website analytics. They can measure things very well, and they can enhance their methods, and they can determine where the value is in different things. I always reflect on the fact that I used to sell a lot of small policies. And when I was younger, I was so proud of myself. I was a new agent, and it was so exciting to see my name on a binder or a policy. I just felt like I had achieved so much. But then, as years went on, when I looked back and realized I was selling tiny off-road vehicle policies and golf cart policies that were $150 and $75, I realized that I sure had sold a lot of policies. But i wasn't really making anything from it it's kind of like having a box of pennies wouldn't you rather have a box of hundred dollar bills i think we all would so as always i really want to thank you all for listening to the show the audience is growing how do i know that analytics it's amazing i love it and I cannot tell you how appreciative I am of everyone who listens and those who contact me and the people who have sent comments and provided other information. So please, as always, feel free to shoot me an email, uh, send me a message with your comments, your questions. I love ideas for the show, things you want me to talk about. You can easily email me at Dave at PlanetOfTheAgents.com, and don't forget to join the newsletter at PlanetOfTheAgents.com. We now do have a a free membership option. You can join. You get access to quite a few things. And if you decide you want to access some of the other stuff, that's great too. As I mentioned earlier, I've added new links to the agent resource section, and it gives you a few things to look at to help grow your business and uh, hopefully increase your revenue. All right, everybody. Keep growing. Keep selling. And, of course, always retain those customers. I will talk to you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to Planet of the Agents. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And head over to our website at planetoftheagents.com to sign up for our newsletter and get even more information on how to grow your insurance agency.